Okay, thank you, Dr. Peterson, for inviting me to speak in your leadership policy and advocacy and health class at Utah State University. I'm really excited to be here. My name is Karina Andalyn Brown, and I wanted to share um, some of the history of how I got involved in healthcare advocacy, and then I'd like to talk about what you can do now um, as students, where you are, whatever position you are in life, to create change and to make a difference. So I got involved in healthcare advocacy in the fall of 2015, and the first step of me knowing what was happening was being informed and reading the paper. So I would read the Desert News online, the Salt Lake Tribune online to find out what was going on, and I was following the news articles uh, regarding Governor Herbert's Healthy Utah Plan, and the reason that I was interested in this is because my mother, in these these pictures, this is a picture of me with, with her when I was a baby, and then me with her about a month before she passed away, and um, she passed away in June 2013. She had been a single parent for over 20 years. When my parents got divorced, she had seven children, ages 18 and under, and I was the oldest of seven children. And so, um, by observing her struggles and her life, I could see the effect that lack of healthcare access had on her because she was in and out of different jobs, um, going to school, working, and you know, lack of money um, led to different hardships. And so I could, I could tell that Governor Herbert's Healthy Utah Plan could make a difference for people like my mother in that demographic group um, that were struggling. And so one day, I had dropped my kids off at Utah Festival Opera, youth conservatory classes, and I just felt this overwhelming sense that I needed to communicate my feelings to the legislature. And so I, I formulated an email and I sent it to all 75 of them and just you know sharing my experience with my mother, um, how I think that Healthy Utah could help other vulnerable Utahns. Um, and I heard back from several legislators, and one even called me back, his representative, Ray Ward, who's a family physician um, from Bountiful. And I asked him how I could get involved. And the one thing that impressed me when he called me back was the gratitude in his voice and just appreciation that I would contact him. Because I think they hear a lot from lobbyists and like form letters or, you know, kind of hundreds of things coming in from different organizations that might sound the same after a while. But because I shared something personal and it was something that I created myself, I think it sounded different than what they normally hear. And he thanked me for contacting him and for sharing um, my thoughts. You know, just as a regular person, citizen, that, that surprised me. But as I've come to observe things over the past few years, it's not surprising anymore. So that's, I wanna talk about that later too. But um, he told me how to get more involved and I got on the Utah Health Policy Project email list so I could find out what was going on in Salt Lake at the Capitol building. And through my engagement with Utah Health Policy Project, I was able to um, know about uh, hearings at the Capitol building. I, they sent out a notice that they were looking for people to speak at the Social Services Appropriations Committee meeting um, <laughs> I've learned um, hearing, and 
I emailed the director of advocacy and I said, do you think this would be helpful for me to speak about my mom? Do you think, you know, and I, and I sent her kind of what I would say and she said, yes, that would be great. So I, I took my teenage daughter with me that, that morning. We had to be in Salt Lake by like eight in the morning and I was really scared and intimidated and I brought my, the two pictures of my mom and um, we had to shorten our speeches from like two minutes to one minute. And so I had to hurry and figure out what I was gonna say and make it meaningful in one minute. And I was like the only one that brought visual aids, that's another thing. And one of, one of the few people in the room that was a regular person, because when you sign in, you have to say what organization you're with. And then I'm like, what do I put? Concerned citizen. And you know, some of the people I spoke with after were like, wow, you came all the way here to, to speak? You're, you know, that's amazing. You know, because most of them are being paid to be there. Well, I got through my testimony. I was like crying, kind of shaking. And so I think when you first get started out, that's normal. Uh, well, it was for me anyway. <laughs> and and then, then from there, I kept following what was going on. And then a month later, Alliance for Better Utah invited me to participate in a press conference on Medicaid expansion. Um, and I spoke at that along with several other people. And I shared more, more in depth because I had a little bit more time about my mom and my feelings and why I think I thought that Medicaid should be expanded. Now during that session in 2016, it didn't pass. It passed in the Senate, but it didn't pass in the House. And so I was just really frustrated that something I cared about didn't pass. And after it didn't pass, I received an email from Americans for Prosperity, and they're an organization, like a lobbying organization, um, that's in the state of Utah, and they have different offices all around the country, but they were kind of reveling in the fact that it didn't pass, and they said, you know, we made all these phone calls, we talked with all these legislators, we knocked on doors, and now we're going to save taxpayers money, and Healthy Utah didn't pass, and they were they were just really excited about it. And I, and I was just shocked that an organization would be working so hard behind the scenes against something that I felt strongly about. And then the thought came to me, well, Karina, you need to get more organized. Like they're organized, they're, they're coordinating, they're, they're doing things, they're acting. So if you wanna make a difference, you're gonna have to get more organized and involved. And so, from that point on, I've been more organized, I've been involved, and I, I, that, that feeling of determination has not left me since, since that moment. And I, um, so I, I've been learning over the years that citizen lobbyists can be really powerful, and just like regular lobbyists, and I don't, I don't criticize them for what they do, because they, they can inform um, lawmakers of, of important things and they have a job to do but I think citizen lobbyists that might be volunteers m might be paid in some way or not can be very very powerful um, so from that um, fr from there I like I said I was in the press conference with Alliance for a Better Utah and then I was interviewed 
on on by Heidi Hatch of KUTV um, and talking about my mom on camera, which was which was difficult, um, but it was good. And and then that that spring, I became even more involved because I went to the caucus night for the Democratic Party. At that point, I was a Republican. Uh, but I went to the Democratic caucus night and I wanted to become more involved politically. And so when, when we separated into our precincts, I said that I wanted to be a um, county and, and state delegate because, and because of my involvement in healthcare advocacy and I wanted to make a difference that way. And so they elected me to be um, a county and state delegate and I think at that point I was an independent because I had switched from Republican to independent for a few weeks and then I switched to be a Democrat. So no offense against anyone, your political party. My husband's Republican. Most of my family are, but I just felt like that was um, a more effective way for me to advocate in healthcare um, policy and it more uh, aligned more with my views. Anyway, so I went to the state convention that year. I signed up to be involved in the... Um, statewide Democratic Healthcare Caucus. And so I went, to, I started participating in that healthcare group. And from that healthcare group, when, when we first, when I first started out, you know, we, I've been helping to get it more organized and I'm the secretary. So I, I've got everyone's email addresses and MailChimp so we could send effective emails. And I help out with our Facebook, um, Facebook group and posting articles that are relevant. And you know, last year at the at the session, we were there almost every week having regular meetings. And then we would go, we would have our meeting, and then we'd go to healthcare roundtable, which is another meeting um, with different partner organizations like Catholic Social Services, the Disability Law Center, um, Legislative Coalition for People with Disabilities, like different organizations that are advocating um, for healthcare. Um, related policy in Utah. So I've been really, really involved in our healthcare group. Um, and um, in, I think it was the fall of 2017, Utah Health Policy Project called me and asked me if I would want to be a sponsor of Proposition 3, which if you don't know about Proposition 3, um, it was on the ballot this past um, voting um, and what it does, it, it, it expands Medicaid to cover about 150,000 Utahns that fall into the coverage gap, where they make too much money to qualify for Medicaid, but not enough to buy their own insurance. And so I told them, yes, I would love to be one of the sponsors. The, the interesting thing is the other sponsors all are affiliated with organizations and are very like important um, Alan Ormsby, who's president of AARP of Utah, is a sponsor. Beth Armstrong, who's um, director of the People's Health Clinic in Park City, is one. Representative Ray Ward is one, the, the family physician representative from Bountiful. And then um, Reverend Bishop Scott Hayashi, who's bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of Utah. He's, he's another sponsor. And then me a regular person from Logan. So I was really honored to be asked to be to be a sponsor. And so we had to file paperwork with the Lieutenant Governor's office, you know, formally like with, with our signatures. And then from that point we had to collect 
242 signatures for it to be in the ballot. And that was the same that was required for Proposition 2 and Proposition 4. So as you know, we had three ballot initiatives on the ballot. And so for all of them to make it to the ballot was pretty amazing. And then for all of them to pass is pretty amazing. Um, so that has been my involvement up, up until now. Um, there, there has been some opposition to Proposition 3 right now. Actually, I'm wearing this shirt because it's not over yet because the legislature wants to change it and alter it and maybe apply for a waiver or put work requirements on, on people or change the federal poverty level. For example, right now, um, Proposition 3 would say a single person, 100% of the poverty level is like making 12000 a year. 138% of the poverty level is about 17000 a year. And so Proposition 3 wants to cover the single person. They could qualify for Medicaid if they're making 17000 a year, but some members of the legislature want to make it so if they make 12000 or less, then they, they could qualify for Medicaid. And so we're going to, going to battle for those. Um, we're going to have a rally on Monday, which is the first day of the session at the Capitol building at, from 3.30 to 4.30 in the Capitol Rotunda. And so I've been involved in different things over the last few years. I've, like I said, I've been interviewed by the media on the radio, television, um, print. I've, I've been to several rallies and some members, some people don't like rallies, but I think they're an effective way for people to band together that believe in something, um, you know, as long as you're, you know, positive and, you know, not using profanity or something like that. But if you're doing it in a nice way, I think it's a good way to get your message out and to connect with people that believe in the same things that you do. I was in a, I was on a rally um, in January 2017 in Martin O'Malley, who was the former, I think it was the former, um, he was in a governmental leadership role in Baltimore. I can't remember if he was the mayor or not, but he did run for president couple years ago. He was there, you know, playing his guitar and singing and we're we're talking about healthcare and having different speakers. And so I think it's I think they're really inspiring. So we're gonna do that again on Monday. But I think um communication is important. Communication with our lawmakers, communication with each other when you're advocating for different causes that you believe in. And so I'd like to to talk with you about what you can do now and then maybe think of some questions that you have too as we're going along. One thing I forgot to, to mention is last week, like for our healthcare group, we met with a professor from the University of Utah who did his PhD dissertation on Medicaid expansion in all of the states. And so we're, we're getting, you know, academic, credible, you know, research sources from different people to back up what, what we think and, and what we believe. And he gave us like a, uh, a whole list of academic articles with researchers from different organizations that, that support Medicaid expansion and the, the positive effects, like not only financially, but um, for the social, you know, emotional and health of the society. Uh, so um, 
I I passed out these. Did it? Did anyone not get a handout? So these are these are handout. This handout I made to show you what you can do now. So I know that we're all in different life situations. When I when I got involved in this, like I said, it was like the fall of 2015, and we have four children. Um, a daughter that's 18, she's a freshman at Utah State, a, another daughter that's 16, a daughter that's 13, and our son that's 12. So I got involved in this several years ago, and it's gradually been consuming more of my time. And I also ran for office this last time as a Democrat. I didn't win, but it's been, it's been really good. Um, it was a good experience. But I'll talk, I can talk briefly about that after we talk about how you can be a, a citizen advocate. All right, so I think the first, the first thing to do is to be informed. However, however that looks for you, I, I like reading the paper. I subscribe to the New York Times. I really like reading the Salt Lake Tribune and the Desert News to find out what's happening locally. Um, also, I know your, your, your students, um, Professor Peterson said you're juniors and seniors. Um, if you're interested in something at the city council, like Logan City Council, or wherever you live in the future once you get a job, I, I would recommend attending a city council meeting. And if there's something that you're interested in or passionate about, speaking up during the public comment period. Because I, for my campaign for running for office, I attended every city council meeting in my district, which was, I think, eight, eight of them, eight or nine. And, and it's amazing how few people show up, unless it's like a hot button issue. But, but show up to those city council meetings and, um, and give your input on things that you care about. There's also special town halls that are organized by our legislators, like this year or this past year, um, Senator Hilliard and the other leadership organized town halls on like, all of the ballot initiatives and another one on like taxation and different things. And there were probably less than, less than 40 people at each one, if not less. And they were advertised in the paper. So I think attending those town halls that are organized by our legislators is important to be more informed. And Saturday morning, starting I think next Saturday, every Saturday morning during the legislative session, at 7 a.m. at the county building, they're gonna have a, uh, like a morning with the legislators. So the, state, the senators and the representatives will be there to review what they have been doing um, at the Capitol building, what bills they're working on, and you can ask questions. And so that's a really good, good way to get involved. How many of you were born in Utah? Raise your hand. Okay. All right, that's good to know. Um, another thing is the state will, re will request information or input from the public sometimes and that is publicized in the paper so when I find out about these things I love to share it I'll share it on my personal Facebook page I'll share it on my, my advocacy page um, so they're, they're taking input right now on revised health and sex education standards 
So they, they, ha they haven't been updated in 20 years. And so the public can read through all the standards and then submit their input, and they're taking input until January 30th. My, my concern, I guess, is that sometimes we get frustrated with how the system is, is operating, but then when we have opportunities to give input, then we need to share our, share our ideas and thoughts instead of just complaining about it. So um, another thing that you can do is follow on what is, follow what's going on in the legislature online and in the paper and on their website. And during campaign season, you can support political candidates through donations, knocking doors, editing documents, social media, walking in parades. So that is helpful. So candidates that you, that you support, that you believe in what they want to do, I, I think that is important. Sub subscribe to email updates from organizations whose cause you care about or different Facebook groups. So, so my, my start out that really helped me was being connected with Utah Health Policy Project and then it just branched out from there. So connecting with organizations that have the research, the manpower, the, the support for something that you care about. And I also recommend meeting regularly with a group of concerned citizens that share your, your concerns. So I think there's power in unity and teamwork um, the the healthcare caucus group that I'm a member of, we're all different. Uh, all of us in leadership are different, different ages, different things that we've done with our lives, different religion, um, religious beliefs. But it all works because we're we're all passionate about healthcare access, and it's neat. You know, we have a big group text going right now. We were texting yesterday. Who's going to get this governor? You know, this report on the budget or. I'm gonna track down this, or I need a reference to support this. And so we're, we're sending each other information and it's more powerful, of course, than doing it on your own. So I highly recommend networking with people. And also email or call your representatives and don't be afraid to share personal stories. Like I said, when I emailed them in, uh, several years ago, several of them commented, oh, thanks for sharing you know, we appreciate that. Um, thanks for being involved. And then I just discovered this Bill Watch app. So there's a Bill Watch app that the state of Utah provides for Android and iPhone users, and you can track bills. It's really cool. You can do a search for a legislator, and it'll you know it'll show what bills that they're working on, and then um, you can click on the bill that you're concerned about and it'll send you updates. Oh, they're going to have a hearing on this. They're going to uh, vote on it, you know, this day. And so that's really amazing. Um, and then I put my website on there with grassroots activist tips. I have a, another article on my website. And then I'll... This, this quote I found from Martin Luther King Jr. Everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love. So I think that, I love that quote because it's so powerful. That's what I have, I've been learning the last few years is that is really true. 
and by sharing your personal experiences, your your ideas can be very powerful, and I think they're they're needed and they're wanted. I've been in, in meetings where the legislators will say, "We don't know everything. That's why it's important you guys come and share share your ideas. There's no way we can know all about this or that. So that's why we need the public to comment." And one one representative even said. I have about 22,000 constituents in my district, and I only hear from about 500 of them. And so it's important for us to speak up. And in my campaign, my campaign slogan was Your Voice Matters, because that's what I've learned, is that my voice matters and, and the voices of, of everyone else, too. And so it's important for us to, to get involved and, and be engaged. One thing that I forgot to put on this sheet was letters to the editor, like in the paper which I have done before too. I think that's important um, so people can read your, your views uh, and find out what is important to you. Um, so what, what questions do you have about advocacy or anything? Yes. I'm wondering how you get on the Utah Health Policy Project email list. Oh, that's a good that's a good question. I will let's see. I'm in it. I think if you go on their website you can subscribe and I'm going to put the name of a very important advocate on here. Okay, so Stacy Stanford, she works with Utah Health Policy Project. She would would be able to get you on their emailing list, email list, Stacy at Utah Health Policy Project dot. Oh, you know what? I think it's dot org. Sorry. So yeah, good question. <laughs> Yes. Do you do this like full time? Like, do you get paid to do it, or do you have to have a job on the side? I'm currently not getting paid for anything I'm doing, but I'm after the election. I've I've primarily been a stay-at-home parent for the last 18 years, but um, I've been doing a lot of work after the election, and I find I really enjoy it. So I think I'll be able to get paid eventually for what I'm doing. But right now, I just love it so much <laughs> that I'm doing it um, as a volunteer. But after the election, I've had more leadership opportunities. Um, so I'm president of the Friends of the Children's Justice Center board, which is an organization that helps children that have been abused sexually and physically. I was on the board before that, but now I'm the president of the Friends of the Children's Justice Center board. And I'm chair of a building committee for a new family justice center that will be built that will help child and adult victims of crime. And one of, one of the businesses in the community is donating the money to help build that facility. And I'm also on the committee to plan Better Days 2020, which is um, the 150th anniversary of women in Utah 
getting the right to vote. And I know women of color didn't get the right till 1964, I believe. Um, but that will be a big celebration next year. And I'm also on the Cash Chamber Legislative Affairs um, Committee. They asked me to be on that. We had our first meeting last week. So I'm, I'm really involved in, in policy and advocacy right now. And so, yeah. Yes. So being involved in so many different places, how are you able to put your time into each one? You know, because you also have a family. That's a good question. <laughs> no, I'm also a leader in my church too for for um, for teenage girls, for the LDS church, and so that that has takes up time too. You know, I've gotten better at it. I've, you know, when I first went to the Capitol building in in January 2016, it took me so long just to create a like one minute, two minute speech. I'm like, what am I gonna say? Um, but I've gotten faster at things. I'm, I don't know. It's just, I guess with anything, with practice, you get better at it. And so I'm, I'm just improving in, in different skills. Like during my campaign, I wrote my own radio ads. I did my own website. I did my own speeches. You know, I'm able to, I was interviewed on Access Utah last week with three other ladies, and I brought some notes, but, you know, normally my first radio interview that I did, my heart was pounding, and I was, like, so nervous, and then last week I was like, I didn't feel nervous. So it just gets easier. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say your hours that you put into all of this, like, full-time job or more than that? Um, hours? No, probably... I'll probably have to ask my husband and kids. They'll probably be like, it's been forever. No. Uh, probably 20 hours, 15 to 20 a week or less. Yeah. That I spend on it. Yeah. Do you think you'll run again? I think I will. I really like it. It's fun. I mean, I was nervous to announce that I was running as a Democrat in Cache Valley. I thought I'd get, I would get my house egged or something. But... <laughs> You know, people, at least in my face, they've been nice. They did get, I had a couple people that were mad when I was sending voter, like, texts. They're like, you know, they thought I was a bot or something, so they were, some of them were kind of rude. But, no, I, <laughs> I, I really like it. I think being involved in the, the betterment of our community is noble and worthwhile, and I think, I think there needs to be different perspectives brought to the table um, and discussed and I yeah but I I spoke at the women's march on Saturday and I said you know I don't have to win an election or you don't have to win an election to make a difference so I really I really believe that but I will run for something again I'm not sure what though but yeah. Yeah, um, when you had to go about getting all those signatures So yeah, the process of getting signatures for Proposition 3 on the ballot, there, we had a combination of volunteer uh, signature gatherers and paid signature gatherers. And uh, most of, I think most of the signatures that we gathered were volunteer, but it was organized by the Proposition 3 leadership team. And so we had you know, all over the state, people mobilized to, to collect signatures. But, you know, I don't, I don't drink, but 
another advocate and I were outside of the liquor store in Logan collecting signatures for Prop 234, <laughs> and that was really fun, and we did that in Brigham City, and that was a really good way to gather signatures. Um, I did, you know, we went outside a library one time. They, they set signature gathering stations up outside big events in Salt Lake, like outside of the Vivint, Vivint Arena and, and things like that. I didn't make it down for really any of those um, signature gathering events, but those big ones. But yeah, I did what I could in Cache Valley. Okay. Good question. On that, on that um, article, to, to give your input for the revised health and sex education standards, this Salt Lake Tribune article, mm -hmm. if you go to that link, it has the it has a link to the Scrib document that has all of the the standards on there, and then it has a link to the Survey Monkey quiz that you can take after you review it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've I've been working on a lot of projects that are kind of for sex education standards. So oh, good. I'm wondering if maybe um, I could get more involved in that and like email them a copy of some of the reports I've done. Or oh, that would like be that. amazing. Because okay. I went to the public comment, well, the public meeting on that uh, several weeks ago mm -hmm. at the Cash School District office, and they said they were really open to public input. Okay, great. Yeah. So yeah. that would be fabulous to get it from your perspective. So I think. I think sometimes we think, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not 50 years old and an accountant, so I can't give my input. You know what I mean? Or I, I don't know what stereotypes we have in our heads about people that are involved in politics or, you know, community stuff. Um, I just think we need to get more regular people involved. I'm not saying those people aren't regular, but just people, of, I guess, a diverse group of opinions and thought. And, and that we shouldn't be afraid to share what we think. Anyone else? In, in your advocacy work, what have you found to be most effective when you talk with lawmakers or community groups? What resonates with people the most? Well, see, with me, I get really excited about statistics. <laughs> <laughs> but what has resonated the most, I find, when I'm speaking with the media or legislators is my personal story. And so for me, it's kind of hard because it's going to that, that vulnerable place in me, which is really hard to share in public. But I've been in like a press conference where it was just after we turned in the paperwork to the lieutenant governor's office. And, you know, it was me. Bishop Scott Hayashi and the president of ARP and little me, you know, and these these cameras and, and news organizations, you know, and then I'm I'm I sh I gave a speech, and the part that they picked out to use was m me and my mom and her struggles, and I had put some statistics, you know, about disturbing social statistics in Utah, but they didn't want to cover that, they wanted to focus on the story. So I think stories are really important. I noticed when we 
we had a town hall on Medicaid expansion several years or several months ago, and the campaign manager for Proposition Three was there, and then the the uh, legislator was there to discuss his version of Medicaid expansion because they were trying to do a, a waiver and send it to the government. Anyway, her her presentation had pictures in it, stories, you know, some statistics too to support it. So it's not just based on emotion. But the legislator's presentation was all facts and figures, no pictures, you know, just statistics. And so after a while, that, I think that gets kind of dry. And even for legislators to, to listen to or to look at, it's kind of boring. So, so whatever you have, it'll spice it up. <laughs> because some of the things they have to read or, or listen to are, are kind of boring. So. Yeah. So you said you were asked to be a sponsor for Prop 3, is that right? Uh-huh. So as a sponsor, like, what kind of things do you do to like, promote the issue? Like, what does being a sponsor entail? Oh, so to be a sponsor for Proposition 3, um, well, the main thing was legally, like, on the paperwork. Like, we had to get notarized signatures and sign the statement of support. And so that, that was the first thing, was, like, legally with our legal signature... Um, on the paperwork to go to the lieutenant governor's office. And then we were in the press conference. And then just being just supportive. I mean, they didn't have any requirements. Like, you need to do, you need to collect this many signatures or you need to uh, show up to this or that. But just being supportive um, through the whole process. Anyone have any other questions? Well, maybe I'll talk really quick about my, if you'd like to hear about me running for office, a little bit more about that. So I ran for office for Utah House of Representatives District 5, like I said, and I used Proposition 3 as part of my, my campaign. I just said, I, I put it on my like resume thing. Like, I'm one of the Prop 3 sponsors. And several years ago, when I first got started out, and even before that, there's been advocates working on this for six years. It was like a taboo thing to say. Like, it, actually, I was at the rally in January 2017 with Senator Jim DeBacchus. He was there and speaking, and he was really in, su in support of Medicaid expansion. And how many of you know, know of him? Yeah, anyway, he's really a good speaker and really motivating, but he said, we need to come out of the closet on Medicaid expansion because Utah is such a red state that it's like, no, no, we're not going to give any handouts to people or, you know, they need to, they need to work harder or they need to, you know, pull themselves up by their bootstraps. And that's kind of been the attitude of, that I have felt has been in Utah. But anyway, so for me, for us to come out with that, for me to be a sponsor, for... And, and I remember listening to him speak and thinking, am I ever going to be that, like, vocal? Like, as, you know, I would love to be more like him. And because some, some of my friends and family don't really support, aren't super supportive of Medicaid expansion as much as I am. Or, you know, they think there could be some other way to do it. Or aren't super excited about me speaking at the Women's March. I come from a very conservative Republican family. 
And so for me to be able to say, hey, I'm a Democrat, I <laughs> brought three sponsors. <laughs> it's, been, it's been actually pretty fun. But, but it, it, it took some, some leading up to that, because <laughs> it's like, I know that they don't agree with me, but I'm gonna do this anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, so I use that t- to campaign with it, and I, um, you know, going to parades, giving speeches. I give speeches at all the city council meetings um, and went to, like, the, had a booth at different community events. And the people have been, I've gotten feedback from different people in the public and government leadership that said, oh, Karina, I appreciated your personal touch or thank you for coming to this, this parade or this event. We really appreciated you being there. And, like, for... When I had booths at the city celebrations, I had like a cutout of a of a boy and girl superhero, so the kids could take pictures, you know, with their heads in the little cutouts. It said, "Voting is your superpower," or "Be a hero, vote." And my my teenage daughter did the graphics on it, this wood cutout thing. And I had like beanbag toss, so they could play games at my my booth if their parents wanted to stop. So, and and like when I was at the the state convention too all the different things that I put on my table that I like. That, that's another thing that I learned is that you can just be yourself. You know, kind of stood out from the other ones. Um, I, like I said, I was interviewed on, in different news organizations. I was, I was interviewed in the New Yorker magazine, um, that, and it came out on November 1st, along with some of the uh, policy leaders from Utah Health Policy Project. So that was really exciting for me to be interviewed and be in the New Yorker magazine. And and so she she wanted to find out, you know, about me running for office and being a Proposition 3 sponsor. And so yeah, even though I didn't win, like I said in the Women's March on Saturday, I don't you don't have to win an election to make a difference. So I think you can make a difference whatever sphere you're at, whatever time you have, you can make a difference, even if it's something little. I think everything that we do, you know, collectively adds up. It's like the the worker bee, you know, the beehive. The, every, you know, each bee does its own little part, and then they, they collect a little teeny amount of honey, and then they make a big, a large amount of honey when they all do their work together. So I think of that with advocacy efforts, because sometimes I think we think, Oh, I can't do this big, huge thing. I don't have enough time, or, but you can you can look at the health education standards online and read that and submit your input, or you could attend a a town hall with your legislators Saturday morning, you know, once during the session and and find out what's going on and. Does the class end it in four minutes? Yeah, we have about four minutes. Any any other last questions for Karina? No. How how can uh, in this class we talked about uh, policy uh-huh. and in the health re- uh, related arena how it's important to promote the overall health of our population and people. Um, we've uh, now we're talking about advocacy and how you advocate for policy and a lot of it's been as professional when they become professionals. Yeah, it's important to advocate for policies and uh, and things you're passionate about. How can they get engaged now? I know we have uh, several in the classroom who are already engaged and active, but what advice would you give to these students to be engaged now before they get to be professionals in a year or two? 
Um, I would say to, to get engaged and involved is to maybe write down things that you're passionate about or issues you're concerned about and then communicate with maybe an organization or a group of people that is concerned about that same topic to get momentum and find out ways that you can advocate. Um, there's a lot of different good Facebook groups online. There's the Women's Action Utah is a good one. Um, Alliance for Better Utah is a good one. The YWCA is good. Uh, Women's Leadership Institute is good. And so I think from, from my experience, by connecting with people that are concerned about the same things and organizations that advocate for what you care about, that has been the most effective way for me to, to be involved. And I also have some cards up here. My podcast, I have a link on to my podcast. I started it last week. I'm using <laughs> Anchor, this app called Anchor, and it's so easy. So if you are ever interested in starting a podcast, it's super easy, and then it sends it to like Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and everything. So I'm, I'm going to be talking about, on my podcast, I'll be interviewing people, um, talking about how to be a citizen lobbyist. One of the ladies I want to interview is a lady in the Valley who advocated for insurance um, to cover prosthetic limbs because her daughter was born without, I think, um, one of her limbs. And so she, using her personal experience and her story, she was able to help change the policy in Utah. So things like that. Um, and then there, there's also some pens up here if you want them and some Proposition 3 stickers. Like I said, we're following Proposition 3 because the legislature, some of them are trying to change it and alter it. And so we'll be like vigilant on that. And, and then we're meeting weekly during the session to discuss the healthcare related bills and to advocate for, to continue to advocate for Proposition 3. How can they engage with you to create a little cash value on me? That's a great. That's a great idea. Actually, my my healthcare caucus group—they're like, Karina, you need to get. The, well, he he said this to me several years ago. Karina, you need to get a Cash Valley healthcare advocacy group started. And I said, Yeah, I know. I've been I've been driving down to Salt Lake because I'm getting a lot of synergy and energy from them and learning from them. But I think now I've learned a lot from them and I can help form one one here. So if anyone's interested. Yeah, that, that would be great. Here's my, my email and my phone number and stuff are on there. But yeah, I can connect with you if I have like the first meeting or something. Awesome. That, would be, that would be good. Um, actually, one of the Women's March organizers was asked me, how can I stay involved? How can I get involved? And I said, I'll, I'll talk about it with you. It would be fun to meet once a month or um, to, to talk about that. And, and then if, if anyone wants to look at this after, this is a, a report done by the YWCA. It's like the well-being of women in Utah in 2018, like occupation, um, violence, things like that. The YWCA is excellent. They have an organization called Real, Real Women Run devoted to helping not just run for office, but just to become more involved. And I've been going to their events for the last several years. But like last year, um, the editor of the Salt Lake Tribune spoke, and women that have done different things in the state, and so that was really fun to, to hear from them, so, yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
Mac, Mac Landis at standby. You, 